Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Episode 16 of the Total B She's Show. We are back once again. And I say we, but it's really just me in the studio this week because Mike Davidson, he's out on the lamb once again. Mike, can you hear me? In an effort to not be a fat tease, one of the things I do is I go on eight-kilometer walks all the time. This week has been a disaster for you and me to try to connect and get in studio to do a podcast. And so they were like, hey, we might be able to slide it in if we did it right now. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be in the middle of my eight-kilometer walk. But yeah, I'll call in from my walk. How about that? So if you hear a little bit of wind, it's because I'm walking off my fat ass to be in the best shape of my life. That's what we're doing. You you heard it here first. Mike Davidson, in a bid to be in the best shape of his life, is walking eight kilometers. You do this a couple times a week, don't you, Mike? Uh, almost seven days a week, to be honest. When wow. you say I'm in a bid to get in the best shape of my life, people are going to think, oh, he's got to be coming back. He's starting up. No doubt about it. But you know what we have heard more than once on the podcast? I'm going to poke a little funny here at Kick Risk. You started the podcast the same old way. Episode 16 of the Total B She Show. You can just insert the new number and everyone can imitate that exact start every time you start the podcast. It's clean, it's simple, it's perfect. Absolutely. It's it's just like, uh, for example, that 70s show. They start with the same theme every week for that television show. We're the same way. We're just like television. Yes. Okay, so I appreciate everything that you've did, done today to make this podcast happen. What a week it was for the Total B She Show. Episode 15, Tony Candelo came on on his 80th birthday. And there are so many questions I didn't ask. And I feel, I feel bad, but I could have went for four hours, like I said. Tony was an awesome guest. We are going to have him back. I've even thought about having a Tony Candelo, Wayne Stanton debate. Oh, my gosh. Local wrestlers versus imported wrestlers, because that's the perfect two guys to have the debate. They respect each other. They're both great guests and great friends of the show. But we know that Tony likes to bring people in from out of Winnipeg, and Wayne likes having his local wrestlers. So it's the perfect contrast for debates. We're going to try to put that together. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, that's something we're definitely going to look at, and I, I most definitely want to do uh, sort of a career overview with Tony Candelo as well, because like you said, we only scratch the surface of, of what we get down to. Um, speaking, speaking of Tony's, uh, let's talk about Tony Khan. Oh, you're, yes. Let's talk mainstream. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Let's talk mainstream. I'm going to throw up my rule that I don't like talking about mainstream. A subject that somebody was, talk, was bantering with me about was who's going to be the better booker? Is it going to be Tony Khan with AEW or is it going to be Triple H with the WWE Empire? And I have, I have some opinions on that. If you bear with me, I'd love to go into them. Let's do it. But here's the thing. For three years, Tony Khan has been the benefactor of booking the brand new toy for wrestling fans. And what he's done is he's basically, he's like, he books like a fan with an endless budget. Well, guess what he is in life? He's a fan with an endless budget. His dad's a billionaire. So when he wanted to put Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, when he wanted to book 
when he wanted John Moxley for his roster, when he wanted to book uh, CM Punk and Brian Danielson, he had the money to do it. So now with this, now after three years, Tony Khan is going to be proven to be either a very, very wicked booker or he's going to be proven to be in a very lackluster booker. My opinion is he's a lackluster booker. I'll give you an example of how bad of a booker he is. The second he gets CM Punk back on the roster, he immediately leads to this angle that was already made by the interim championship of CM Punk versus uh, John Moxley. I don't think anyone really cares about this match. Like there are fans of John Moxley who are like, "This is great, best ever." It ain't going to be that good. It's going to underdeliver. And all the while, Kenny Omega has been off the radar for one year, almost recovering from an injury. How come they're not building up his return? How come they're not doing anything with him? Everyone knows Kenny Omega is going to come back. These are things that the Booker of AEW has done really badly. Right now, as the page turns in WWE and Triple H now has ascended to the throne, he's the head of creative. It's going to be an interesting time where Triple H gets to show who's better. This could be exactly like the turning point of the Monday Night Wars, 1999. The interesting thing is for three years, Tony Khan's been the king of the, the, king of the hardcore wrestling fans, the really engaged wrestling fans. He's, he's the guy. He's, he's the guy. He's the amazing booker, right? But if you remember, Eric Bischoff had a three-year run with WCW. Started in spring of 96. By oh, summer of 1999, it's pretty clear WWE was winning the war. There's a dog in the background. <laughs> but right now, Triple H is going to have the chance to turn the page, and WWE has a chance to take over from AEW. And a lot of people are predicting that's what's going to happen. Triple H will have his thumb on the pulse of what wrestling fans want or need. Wrestling fans who for a long time have always thought Vince was out of touch are now going to say, hmm, I wonder what we're going to see next with WWE. So now it's Triple H versus Tony Khan. I mean, what I think is going to be the best angle in wrestling. It's real. It's true competition. I think it's going to be whose instincts are better. You've heard me talk over the last couple of weeks. I talk about a booker needs to have instincts. Triple H should have better instincts than Tony Khan. Tony Khan's proven time and time again, he does not have good instincts. So that's what I think. What do you think about that, Chris? Well, I think you're absolutely I think you're absolutely right. I think WWE is going to take over and I think it's going to happen a little bit quicker than I thought it was going to happen because you might remember a few weeks ago we talked a little bit about this and I said, you know, you're going to see these changes from Triple H, these bigger changes and it's going to take about 6 months. We're starting to see some of these changes come very quickly and they're good cha- yeah, the changes. good changes. Yeah, the changes are getting Karrion Cross back on the roster, getting back uh, Sam what's Shaw, like Dexter Loomis. Yeah, yeah, Sam Shaw, Dexter Loomis, whatever his name is. Um, that's obviously good. Welcoming back talent that you felt were underutilized. Uh, those changes are going to work. I think the big thing is they're going to change the writing style of WWE. They have to. Yes, they cannot continue to have writers who don't know wrestling, have no wrestling instincts, write scripts, and then have a neurotic old man, seventy-six year old who's one minute worried about paying out $5 million to a woman he slept with next minute. Oh God, this raw is not going to work. We got to rewrite this. They now have a new system they can create. What they need to do is be creative and go back to what worked with wrestling in 1985, 1997, 
2005, you have a chance right now with all the resources WWE has to take what worked in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, add technology to it, learn how to evolve it, adjust it with the internet, and make it work. That's what Triple H is going to do. My prediction is by WrestleMania, bear in mind, before I tell you my prediction, WWE has always and consistently beat AEW in the ratings for the amount of years. They've never lost that. What they have lost is the, the hype. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm pulling for AEW. WWE is going to change that. They're going to blow AEW out of the water in a lot of ways. AEW has failed. The big one right now for AEW, how they have to write the next three months has got to be Kenny Omega's return. Because I'll tell you right now, as big a star as CM Punk is, as big a star as Brian Danielson is, Kenny Omega is the guy that's going to deliver as the number one star in AEW. They've got to give him a chance to deliver. Yeah, and they, and during his first run with the company, I, I mean, the run's still ongoing, but during his first healthy run with the company, I don't feel like they gave him that that real shot. I don't real, really feel like they gave him the big push that he deserves as a talent. No, I think you're wrong about that. I think when he was, he's the only guy who's been AEW strong. Him and Jericho are the only two guys who held that belt, who actually the company sort of did right with as heavyweight champion. Omega is the new Kurt Angle. There's not a lot of bumps left on that card, and you got to make every one of them count. WWE is a better system for eight matches a year. Yes. I don't, I, I don't think All Elite is going to be able to do anything with Omega. So you got to, when Omega comes back, it's got to be eight money matches a year. Yeah. Not, don't, you can't piss those away anymore. Like, let's be honest. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page was a terrible angle. Yeah. There was nothing there. And they tried to force Kenny Omega versus Christine Page was a terrible angle. And they tried to push that. This is supposed to be the booker of the year. Come on now. You can't figure out money matches. That's the simplest thing to do as a booker. And this guy can't do it. As people are thinking, people are watching me walk on my eight kilometer walk, wondering why I'm getting so fired up. <laughs> Tony Khan is a terrible booker. He's a terrible booker. I don't care if you like AEW. I don't care if you like all that roster. The roster's great. A billionaire bought it. But you got to know what to do with the roster when you have it. And Tony Khan just doesn't know. Okay, so now that Triple H is at the helm of WWE, do we see him opening, and I know you hate this term, but do you see him opening the forbidden door? Um, because I, th I hate that I think term. It, I think it'll happen. So I wonder what the value would be. I think H is more likely to do it and say, okay, all elite, let's do something once a year. Or let's do some stuff here. It doesn't benefit the WWE brand to do it. But, it, but in wrestling, but the whole idea is every wrestling fan of the world goes, that's what we want. It's not really what you want. Let me tell you that. And before we go to break, I'm going to leave it on this point. Careful what you wish for. For years you wished that WCW and WWE would come together and we get a Super Bowl of wrestling. It was a disaster when you got what you wished for. You do not want all elite and WWE to work together because what you want is two healthy brands competing with each other to impress you. If, you. if you're not careful, two brands will turn to one. And that was a disastrous 20 years for the industry. So yeah. you want a healthy, you want a healthy competition between the two brands. 
And then when this competition hits, it's going to be healthy, but I think Triple H is going to have the edge over Tony Khan. Tony Khan's a terrible booker. Can't I, stress that enough. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you know what? I, I don't it's see the, the forbidden door between WWE and AEW opening up. I see it opening up with somebody else. And we, we're let's talk about that yeah, after the break. That's where I was going. We're gonna get I don't I don't want I have a whole lot to say about that. I'll go on for five or ten minutes and it'll just be a run on sentence because I'm fired up. I'm in the middle of a walk, people are looking at me funny. I'm I might even get in a fight here because people think I'm being aggressive out here. But anyway, I want to talk about that after the break. All right, let's go to break. Mike Davidson's going to get in a fist fight with a dog in the meantime. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total BC Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code BEESSHEES. Again, the code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. All right, Mike Davidson has successfully defended himself from a dog and a baby. He's still on his walk. But, Mike, I want to talk about one of my favorite promotions out there, the NWA and Billy Corgan, because he's pitched an interesting idea. And you know what? You and I talked about this. Like, I feel like we keep saying this. I think they're listening to our show. You and I talked about this, I want to say, a month and a half ago already, about the idea of a super show of non-WWE promotions getting together. Uh, and, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's to take on Vince or what it is, but there, the, Billy Corgan has pitched this idea of a super show. What, what, what do you think? Okay, so first and foremost, they are not listening to our show. Because if they were listening to our show, they'd, they'd be like, oh my, you know, this guy's got good ideas. You'd see a lot more than one idea taken from us. Um, Billy Corgan's idea is that impact and, and uh, Major League Wrestling and AEW would all get together and run a super show on pay-per-view to, to compete with WWE, to be an option for fans to put all their money into one thing, and, uh, and then they would and go from there. And it's an interesting idea. It is. It sounds a lot like Pro Wrestling USA 1984, where Vern and Greg Gagne got together with Bill Watts, with Jerry and Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler and with Jim Crockett and it failed miserably. Um, it's an interesting idea where it's going to get tough is, are they going to do it right? See the way that you have to do this show is you give each company a showcase like, okay, the NWA title match between Trevor Murdoch, Nick Aldis, and the uh, Impact Championship, Josh Alexander against whoever the top contender is, and AEW has this and that. And then you have to have it be a neutral, like a, a neutral venue without an AEW ring. You got to use a very generic ring, give it a look. That's the simple way to do it. Because when you start saying, oh, we're going to have Josh Alexander versus Nick or uh, Trevor Murdoch. Title versus title. 
you got politics involved in how you're going to book that. And when you start doing inter-promotional matches, you don't really have the opportunity to create the angle to make the presentation work. Now, what fans want to see is that inter-promotional uh, competition. Yep. And it won't work. And that will not work. So what you would have to do for this to work is each company is going to get their opportunity to present their brand in feature matchups that they that they develop and promote the angle for on their respective brands. And that the wrestling fans would then buy it and they'd get to see, oh, this is NWA. What a good feel this is. Oh, this is Major League Wrestling. Hey, how did I sleep on this one? Oh, this is Impact Wrestling. I, I can't believe I've been missing this. That might work. Problem is you got egos involved. I think Scott Demore is the kind of guy that could make this happen from Impact. So that's what they would want is an amalgamation of all those fan bases coming to watch this super event. Interesting idea. Maybe it works. They're going to need a hook on top if this is ever going to work. The thing that fans want is the fans would love a tournament style or some sort of competition style where the best from MLW, maybe two guys take on are in the tournament brackets and the two best from Impact, the two best from the NWA two best from AEW all going in tournament format to kind of create that king of the super indie, although all elite is far from an indie. That's what they, that's what they probably all want. Problem is you get politics when you're, when you're figuring that out. Why would, why would Tony Khan want anyone but Claudio Castagnoli to win a tournament like that? Why would Billy, uh, Billy Corgan want anybody but Nick Aldis to win a tournament like that? Every company then would think, Oh, this is a chance to make my guy but you'd almost have to make that guy accessible to all four companies or all five companies for it to work. It's an interesting concept. I just don't think it's going to be massively successful. No, I I don't think it would be either. And I don't believe, uh, I don't believe Billy Corgan when he was talking about it was including Tony Khan in that. I think it was really just uh, game changer wrestling and, uh, and MLW and stuff like that. But your, it's your, your point is still completely valid. The fact that I don't, I don't think I see any of those companies uh, wanting their guy to job out to a guy from another company because it, it, it looks bad to them, I, just because of egos, though. I mean, not because of anything other than egos. So uh, do I see it happening? No. Would I love it to happen? Uh, if they could find a way to do it right, sure. When promoters start thinking like that, if this guy can't do a job for that guy, they've already failed them. The best booking ever that I ever did when I took the most important people on my roster, had them do a job, they come back stronger. It surprises people. Shane Madison, every time he was in a money match, geez wheeze, every time he was in a money match and he did the job, people were sur- surprised that he never won the big match. And they all, he came back stronger from it because he got to come back and bitch about it. He got to come back and, and come back and rebuild himself from it. When you win, where do you go? You got to keep going up. But when you lose, you get to start back a little bit, come back stronger. Wrestlers have never figured that out. Doing the job is actually better than going over sometimes. That that's a really good point, and not a lot, not a lot of people consider that because they think, oh, if you, if you win, you're the winner, and, and you're just always the winner. No, it, it's sometimes it's like it's like driving a car through a snow snowbank. Sometimes you got to back up and take another run at it, and it gets a little more exciting. Well, and, and realistically, like when you're a championship team in hockey or football, major league baseball. Yeah, the only thing you can do next season is defend the championship. You really can only go down from there, right? You can you can create a dynasty. You can win two championships, win the big blue bombers, 
but you got to win the third one to keep it going. You can't, you can't sell to your fans. Hey, we improved. Hey, how great was this? It's, it's, you have to be a dominant team when you're a champion. That's what wrestlers don't get. Wrestlers who've never wanted to do a job have done a disservice to themselves. It's how you do the job makes you a better overall draw. People care. So that's what they have to get. They have to figure that out. It's an old, it's an old art form. Doing the job can be the best thing that ever happened. If, you, if the booker knows what he's doing, if he has instincts and he knows how to build it, people will care. Yeah. And, and so for example, I'm going to put you a bit on the spot here, but if you had to do something, do, do something like that here in Winnipeg, what do you have four guys that you would use? I mean, I know a lot of guys work between all the rosters, but let's just pretend for a second that wrestler A is on roster A and wrestler B is on roster B. Could you could you come up with four guys or maybe even seven guys that you would think that you'd be like, okay, we're going to do a wrestling super show, 3D pro wrestling. Couldn't do it. You 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 couldn't do that locally. You could do it as a Canada West thing. Yeah, and I think Can uh, Am Wrestling is trying it in Calgary, but you could do it where you amalgamate the best talent. From even all across Canada, take a guy from, you know, two guys from Ontario, one guy from Quebec, one guy from Manitoba, one guy from Alberta, whatever. You do it that way. I don't think you could do it in your own territory because everyone's worked with everybody in some form, right? Right. Like, what are you going to do? Adam Knight against Robbie Royce? Hey, I've seen it a million times. There, who hasn't Adam Knight wrestled with around the big show? So there's no myst- mystique or magic to that. Not to mention Adam Knight. Uh, you know what I think about him? I was supposed to tell a story of him being a locker room, top, uh, locker room police, police officer. Back in two... I'm going to tell that story right now. Do it. Sorry for the wind tunnel I'm in. Thank you for listening. But 2003, we brought in Chris Rain and Sean Houston. Great. We brought in like this talent from Southwark. And it was... Sean, uh, Don Cutler was part of it. There's three or four guys. Chris Rain was in there. And... Uh, he was a great talent. Like he looked like a million dollars. He's a great heel, very believable, natural to his personality to be a heel. And the one thing he had a bad knack of doing is when the booker was talking, he'd try to talk back or try to be cool and try to always drop his two cents. It used to drive me insane. So in talking back a, a bit during through meetings, I warned him. Kind of, he's pretty cool about it, but he was like pretty arrogant about it. So I booked a battle royal and I say to Darren Dalton and Adam Knight, watch, I'm going to get canceled for this because this is bad news. But I said to Adam Knight and Darren Dalton, hey guys, I don't want you to kill this guy. I don't want you to hurt this guy. But I want this guy to get the point that I want him to shut up in the community when he doesn't need to talk. And, you know, there's the two right guys to go to. So I lay it out and I said, okay, we're going to do the Battle Royal. It's going to come down to Dalton, Adam Knight, Chris Ring. So Chris Rain knew when he when I laid it out that Knight and Dalton were my boys. And believe it or not, Adam Knight was my boy back then. So he knew what was going to happen. So it comes down to the three, and they, they sift him up a little bit. But it wasn't – he was not hurt by any stretch. There's no broken bone, nothing like that. Just they were a little stiff with him, right? A little snug. He gets eliminated, boom. To his credit, he doesn't come to the back and go, hey, you're a effing prick, you stupid, blah, blah, blah. He said – I learned a lesson. Thank you. Shook my hand. I really appreciate and respect Chris Rain for that because that's the right thing he should do. He knew he'd fallen out. He'd fallen out of favor with the booker. Took it like a man. No punishment other than that. He wasn't 
And it wasn't anything in an effort to hurt him. It was just, just to stretch him a little bit. So I don't know how I got on this. Oh, it's Adam Knight, right? Right. Adam Knight in that role was great, right? Adam Knight, as a local, if I was a local trying to put together a super show of all the different companies, you would have a hard time coming up with anything special because it's all one big pot already. So you couldn't do what Billy Corgan wants to do with NWA. Okay, so you talked, to, you talked about Canada West. I'm going to put you on the spot again. Yeah. Two, the two guys from Winnipeg, you'd send to that? Uh, Mentolo, which is already being done. He's all, all over Can-Am. Yeah. Mentolo would always be a first. Uh, that's a hard to stay on the second one because the natural one's A.J. Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Colton is a guy that you know is a little bit off the radar right now. He might be a perfect choice for that second spot. I haven't seen enough of Bobby Shank. Uh, this actually ties into a question that's coming up. So we, I want to be careful. I guess I do AJ and Mentolo just because they're the best two locally for in-ring work. Makes the most sense to send them. Yeah. It's the it's, it's, it's old fallback, but those are the two that I'd go right now. Until someone younger comes up and takes the spot of one of the, those two spots, they're the two guys. Yeah, I would say I would say AJ and Mentolo, and then two honorable mentions, uh, Cavi Chevy and no. Danny Duggan. No. Yeah, I'm the biggest fan of Cavi Chevy, uh, but I I think that Cavi Chevy, uh, his in 2010 he was the best guy locally, maybe ever. Yeah, uh, but it's not 2010 anymore. I guess he'd have to show like he'd have to prove that. The thing is that gravity is catching up to Kevin Chevy yeah. more than AJ Sanchez. He, he's, you know, got to be 35, almost 40 years old. It'd be hard for him to go into a tournament like that and deliver what Kevin Chevy has to do. Uh, that's not taking anything away from him. I'm still the biggest Kevin Chevy fan in the world. But it's, you know, you've got to be fair to him. And Danny Duggan, same thing. I think he's wrestling on a bad wheel. I think... I love Danny to death, but all you have to do is look at pictures over the last five years. And I think that Danny has focused on building his business more than building his, his personal wrestling career. And it's probably worked out better for him to build his business than it has been to build his personal wrestling career. So I, I don't know. I, I just think that in Danny's case, he'd have to show me that he still has a lot left in the tank. And that's not taking anything away from him. He's still a very smart wrestler. But if I was like building a roster right now, He's not a guy that I think is a top-line player to steal a hockey analogy. He's a guy that probably still has leadership. He's a guy that probably still can play physical. But he's not a guy that's going to steal a, steal a show, in my opinion. And, hey, no offense to Danny. I love him. But he's, his business, his focus is his business now, not his personal career. That's just my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Um, should, should we move on to the fan question portion here, Mike? Because we kind of yeah. dovetailed into that a little bit. Um, yeah, ask Dave Cote's question that I almost ripped off in that last answer. Yeah, well, uh, that... I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to take away from Dan Keith because he's so nice to send us the question. I want to answer that one separate than where I was going. All right. Well, that's where we were going anyways. Dave Cote, friend of the show, and we know it is Cote now, asks a question about Canadian talent. Are there any independent talent out there in Canada that have caught your eye? Yeah. TJ Cannon caught my eye because he's TJ Bratt's kid. Yeah. Because I've worked with TJ Bratt so much over the last 20, 22 years. Naturally, when his kid who looks like exactly like him 
to be a twin effing brother of TJ Bratt in 2002. Naturally, I'm interested in seeing what he's what he's got. Uh, his dad was a very easy character to work because he he's believable. He kind of gets promo, and his work style was very believable to what you'd see in a bar fight. That's what made TJ Bratt special. So I'd like to see a lot of TJ Cannon. I'd like to see if he, you know, if he follows after his father, or maybe he's working more as a good up and like working on his actual in-ring ability to be more of a complete wrestler. I haven't seen much of him. I'm going to try to look it up on YouTube. He's a guy that I want to see more of. Chad Daniels in Winnipeg. I'm hearing nothing but amazing things about this guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's got a future. I don't know that it's all going to be based in Winnipeg. I think he's going to probably focus on traveling at some point. I think he's got a, I think he's got some potential. Other than that, um, you know, heavy metal in Alberta is kicking out talent like crazy from his training school. And I bet you there's three or four good ones. TJ Cannon came out of that school. I know he's got a couple of women coming out of that school here and there. I'd like to see a bit of that. Uh, it's a tough question because I do try. I have tried to take an interest in, in the different companies, but I'm not sure how long guys have been around. I wasn't really paying attention three years ago or two years ago. There's something new to me to be really paying attention. I could see a guy and they'll come back and say, oh, he's been wrestling five years. Should have been on top of that. Like Bobby Shane, for instance, been around a couple of years. Uh, he, I'd like to see a little bit more of him, too. But that, there's a lot of good talent. It's a testament to the guys who are training these guys that there's even the opportunity to talk about that many people. So that's, that's the answer on that. Yeah, and you know what? I, I agree with you on a lot of that. I think Bobby Schink, I've only seen, like I haven't seen him live, but I've seen clips of some of his stuff. He's getting better and better, and, and he's big. He's got a look to him. He's a guy that I like, and I was going to mention, I, did, I can't believe you mentioned TJ Cannon because I, I didn't think that he'd be on your radar at all. But for the exact, ex- Big time on my radar. exact same reasons you mentioned, because he's TJ Bratt's kid, he looks just like TJ Bratt. If he can talk like TJ Bratt, and we know he's been trained well, I mean, this guy, he could do some some really fun and some really innovative stuff. I need to see more of him before I say that, but I'm interested in seeing more. Um, about Bobby Shink, I haven't seen enough of him, but is he a serious wrestling character, or is he more like your hero Danhausen? He's not like Danhausen at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like that tells you I haven't seen enough of him to have an opinion but like is he a serious character is he a guy that goes out there and really try like i'm a believer in blood and guts punches and kicks punches and kicks as i just tried to say <laughs> kicks and i want to believe that two guys are trying to hurt each other in a match even though the art is that they're not trying to hurt each other and i i don't want to see fancy cute i do like good high flying matches i love tag team matches Let's get back to the idea of you're wearing your opponent down to win a match. Let's get back to the idea of some, that you're trying your hardest to win, and it's believable. And if Bobby Shank falls into that, excellent. That's a perfect, perfect example. Okay, fair, fair enough. All right, let's see what else. We, right. what else we have for for fan questions. Okay, I haven't seen any other fan questions, so whatever you ask me is going to surprise me. Let's hear it. This question is coming in from Jason, and Jason says, Love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Mike, if you had to counterbook WWE and AEW and you had a similar budget, how would you go about booking it? What an impossible question. 
posed by Jason, because the hard part would be putting together a roster. And it's slim pickings to put together a number three roster with what's available. Like, I guess you could go get EC3 and uh, uh, there's guys out there that have left WWE who didn't like uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, maybe. Braun Strowman. That's not exactly, you can't really build a roster of what's available to the best of my mind. I, I, I can't think of how that would be easy to do to build that good of roster. Now, you might be able to build a roster comparable to TNA or NWA, or, I'm sorry, Impact or, or NWA, but it would be really tough to come up with one of the television brands type of roster. Now, I guess what I would think of more to change that question would be, if I was WWE, how would I counter-program AEW and it'd be really a commitment to what used to work conflict style booking legitimate let the guys learn to cut their promos without the the crutch of what Hollywood has written for them let them develop their own personality based on how they communicate that's what I would do if I was WWE programming that's how AEW does their promos they allow them to express themselves based on their instincts as opposed to what a writer scripted for them if WWE does that, it's going to be a different ball game because WWE still has probably more depth in the roster. For AEW, if I was counter-programming WWE right now, I would be building around Kenny Omega. I would be building the match between Omega and CM Punk, the match between Omega and Danielson, the match between Danielson and Punk. There are matches to build to. Um, there's matches with Samoa Joe that they could build to around the Ring of Honor. It's... Until Tony Khan learns to stop booking like an ultra fan and start booking like with instincts, he's got to know what his money matches are. He's got to know how to lead people. Um, and I think he misses it a lot. Uh, but that's, it's kind of tricky to book what they want to book um, because with injuries and stuff like that. And you have to have the instinct to know how to do a slow burn and keep people interested in what you're slowly burning. Uh, Ring of Honor did it the best in the mid-2000s with slow burn booking leading to big matches. So that's what they need to study. That's just, I don't think you could start a third brand and immediately compete with all elite in WWE. It'd be tricky. Okay, so that that leads me to a question that sort of dovetails into something we were talking about earlier, and that was the forbidden door, which is a term you still hate. But could you see WWE and NWA working together? Because that's the, no. that's who I could see working together more than I could see anybody else working with WWE, simply for the fact that Triple H was a fan of the NWA style, still is an NWA fan, uh, according to dirt sheets and whatnot he, he's a fan of the style could you see that happening you say no 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 because just because he's a fan of nwa dusty road terry funk rick flair 1975 85 uh it's a lot different to say trevor murdoch nick aldis is that version i don't see it like okay so what are you going to do license use of the nwa world title belt write it into WWE programming and turn it into an angle. Uh, they tried that and it, and it went real bad. Uh, no, there's nothing there. Don't even don't there. What, what would Billy Corgan gain from it? What would WWE gain from it? Billy, Cor Billy Corgan fight. would gain a lot. WWE wouldn't gain. Much. Oh yeah. No, he wouldn't. Cause the, it, back in 98, 
NWA didn't gain anything from it. Yeah, it but- would look like a it would look like a limp little brother or sister who can't who clearly isn't at that level. They can't do it. It will not work. NWA the only way NWA is going to work is they managed to get a time slot, ideally on a Saturday night at six o'clock, and they build up their following based on weekly television. They almost had it right when they started NWA Power on, on YouTube. They almost had it. But then they decided to tinker with it, and the pandemic didn't help. they got to figure out what they are. They, can't, they will not benefit by being com- openly compared to WWE. And if they do a deal to work with WWE, they will be compared as the weak brother or sister. It won't work. Okay, I, I'm going to disagree with you on this. I think it could work. Ooh. And you're going off based off what was booked in 98. I think if Triple H was booking it and Eagles were set aside, I think it could be something where it would work. However, you are correct. I don't think it does anything for WWE. I think it could do something for NWA. I think it could help help them get some new exposure to some new fan base. But yeah, there, I don't see a rub. I don't see a rub for WWE like anything that's going to help only- them. Okay, okay. So I'm going to revisit it and tell you again it won't work. But it will not, it definitely will work with Trevor Murdoch as your top guy. No, you got to have Nick Trevor Aldis. Trevor Murdoch shows up on WWE. Yeah. Trevor Murdoch shows up on WWE carrying the WWF belt or the NWA belt. People are going to remember that he had an okay run 15, 20 years ago and hasn't been heard of since. So it has to be Nick Aldis as your champ. And I'm about to pass somebody with a saxophone on a bridge. So bear with me here. Um, Aldous is the only guy, or maybe Cordona, as the champion, maybe. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Sorry about that. I had to sing along. Um, but that's the only way it would work. Is one of their, if they grabbed a top indie guy like Aldous or Cordona, maybe it works. But it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Sorry, don't, I don't want to burst your bubble. It ain't happening. Okay, Mike Davidson says it's not going to happen, and we're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to take a look at what's going on in the indies locally. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. This is Wayne Stanton from Episode 6 of the Total Bees She's Show. If you're not listening to this podcast, I think you're a coward. All right, Mike, things are getting hot locally here. Lots of independent wrestling going on. I wanted to rattle off a few of them because sometimes we, we focus on one or the other, but I've grabbed... Uh, for the next couple months, what's happening here. First is 3D Pro Wrestling, their show Mass Appeal, coming up on August 18th, Osborne Legion. Tickets, $20 in advance, $25 at the door. Okay, Okay, and Heavy Metal's on that show, so that's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Epic, Robbie Royce, a couple other guys on that show. Um, Wish them luck. I hope it's a good show. It's their second show. Their first show was widely... uh, widely raved about actually so best of luck to them $20 hopefully you buy in advance all right we got primos wrestling and they had oh. they but this is why this is interesting because we talked about sam shaw earlier they were bringing in sam shaw for the 
Shaw Shink Redemption. It was Sam Shaw versus Bobby Shink. However, yeah. Sam Shaw had to cancel because WWE resigned them. They told them to cancel all those indie bookings. So instead, they are bringing in No Way Jose. If you remember him from WWE, he did that party gimmick, the same gimmick that uh, I think his name was Rose, Adam Rose. Uh, Axel Rose? Adam Rose. Axel Rose, the big heavyweight ECW guy? No, that's Axel Rotten. Axel Rose is the Guns N' Roses guy. That's right. Adam Rose. Adam Rose. The, the, the party boy gimmick. Ah. Um, August 19th. Yeah. That's a day after 3D Pro Wrestling. $15 in advance, $20 at the door. Deer Lodge Community Center. What do you think about that one? Uh, I'm I'm impressed. The guys got community club wrestling back. First time in about six or seven years in Winnipeg that this city of Winnipeg has allowed community club wrestling. Obviously, he's got insurance. Um, Running a day apart, though. Yeah. I don't care about that. Neither maybe the promoters care, but that's you know. What are you going to do? Oh, I can't run a day because somebody ran a day before. No, you look at your calendar, you put a date together, and you make it happen. Wrestling fans are going to choose. Um, I, I no way, Jose. I don't know. Is he a big deal? Like no. <laughs> Sorry, said, no way, Jose. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he's got WWE experience, so hopefully that works. I've made the mistake before booking the odd guy that I thought, hey, he's fresh off TV or he's been on TV. Sometimes it just doesn't, you know, penetrate or resonate. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, best I think, of luck to them. Yeah, good luck. I Who think, else is I, on the show locally? Mentalo? Yeah, I, yes. And I, I think they had uh, they had a really good concept with uh, Sam Shaw, and I think that would have drawn. I, I think what happened is when they when Sam Shaw pulled out, I mean, it's the 19th. It's not very far away. They had to get whoever they could get, basically. Yeah, okay. Who's next? All right. We've got CWE, September 3rd in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and they've got okay, that's- Carlito. Carlito's a good name. Danny's done business with him before. I think he would still draw because he was popular at the end, like right after Attitude Era during Ruthless Aggression Era, which is still a popular era for WWE. Carlito's immensely, immensely uh, charismatic, great talent. Uh, people are going to be interested in coming out and seeing it. Sault Ste. Marie, it's a long way to drive, but... Uh, hopefully it's well supported. What else? $22 in advance for the tickets, 25 at the door. Okay, and we've got WPW, Don't Tell Mom the Referee is Dead, September 9th, West End Cultural Center, 6 p.m., sold out. Uh, 6 p.m. is showtime? Uh, doors open. Okay, and it's a Friday night? Yes. Okay, well, you know what I'll say about this? They have had a consistent run of sellouts that are nearly like 350 tickets sold. I've heard um, they go out there and they do it right. They promote it or they they book a venue. They produce. They promote. Uh, this will probably be out of all those shows. This and CWE will probably be the two best shows of, of the four mentioned. Um, I, I just think what they do is right. They have their they have their audience. They have their fan base. They cater to their fan base. They impress their fan base. Their fan base keeps buying those tickets the minute they go on sale. So, you know, as a booker, you know what you're working with. And you got to, you know exactly what you got for revenue. And you know exactly what your fans are buying. So that's probably going to be the best of those shows. All right. Well, that's the run of shows that we have uh, coming up. Uh, if you have any shows you're listening right now, anywhere in Canada or the United States that you want mentioned on the B She Total B She's podcast, send us a message at totalbshees at gmail.com. Well, and I want to thank everybody 
it was going to be so easy for us to run a best of retrospect show or just a two minute blurb saying Mike couldn't make himself available to listen to me in the wind tunnel and, and pay attention. And, uh, it was, it was fun to do this show. I'm telling you right now, my main point this week, Tony Khan's a terrible booker. Take that to the bank. The Triple H is going to win the book war between the two. Mark my words, bank. All right, and with that, we're going to queue up a little Glenn Goza, and we are done for another week. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?